Welcome, Harvest Church family, and thank you for joining us this week for our sermon podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged with the message prepared. Right now, let's listen in to this week's message. Hey, stand with me all across the auditorium. Great having you here today. And next, next Sunday will be a fun Sunday and a great Sunday. We're going to make a lot of spiritual applications next week and uh, have a great time together as well. So uh, anyway... Uh, the title of the sermon will be What to Do When Your Team Doesn't Win. I think that's what we'll talk about next Sunday. All right. <clears throat> we'll have it right there. I want to talk this morning. Well, last Wednesday night, we had our first Wednesdays, and uh, this year we're having what we call First Wednesdays, a gathering of uh, believers for prayer and just worshiping God. And man, I'll tell you what, what a response. In fact, just last Wednesday night, we had over... Uh, over 300 people here on Wednesday night, uh, and, and, just, and it's just been growing exponentially, and, but God's Spirit has been here, and God's presence has been here. So uh, if you've missed it up to this point, um, again, it's, it's coming forward again on the first Sunday of March, and so on uh, uh, through the rest of the year, and we just believe that God's going to just c- uh, continue to build this night, because it's just, it's precious. But anyway, we were singing a song, uh, that night uh, called, uh, part of the lyrics was, let us become more aware of your presence. And, and, and we were talking about the presence of the Lord. Let us become more aware of your presence. And right there, the Holy Spirit just spoke to my heart and said, well, you need to just speak on that Sunday morning, becoming more aware of the presence of the Lord. I didn't have a message ready, but I just felt a prompting that night, Wednesday night. But I said, I will have a message ready for Sunday about the presence of the Lord and how to become more aware of the presence of the Lord in our life. Because we all need and we all want the presence of the Lord in in our lives. Am I right on that? Amen? We just need that. But how do we we become more aware of the presence of the Lord? That's what we're going to talk about this morning. Also, our uh, men's breakfast that we had yesterday was so great. In fact, we had record attendance at that uh, men's breakfast uh, 232 people, which is like almost double and uh, crazy. But uh, guys, we'll be having more of those coming up as well, so just watch the calendar. In case you, we missed you on this one, we'll be having another one coming up, but just a real powerful time. So God is doing something by his spirit and by his presence in this place, which we're so thankful for. Um, I was wanting to look at that picture again, the becoming more aware of the presence of the Lord is what we're going to talk about this morning. I love what our graphic artist did with the title slide and the universe out there. Anyway, the Bible says in Psalm 19:1, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows the work of his handiwork, his handiwork. But have you ever been standing out here in California and saw a painted sky or saw the stars in the sky, and you go like, thank you, Lord God, and you just had an awareness of God that just came from the heavens and even nature itself. That's one way you can experience the presence of God just by knowing there must be a great creator out there, and you're aware of his presence through his creation. But we're going to show you several other ways that you can be aware of the presence of the Lord this morning. And I'm going to just take a kind of an anchor verse here in Psalm 16, verse 11. It says this, You, O Lord, will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. How many of you believe that we could use even more joy in our life, right? And one of the ways to joy is to be in the presence of the Lord. So we're going to be talking about in your presence is fullness of joy 
and then at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Lord, we just pray that you'll speak to our hearts this morning. We are your people and the sheep of your pasture. Lord, you're leading us, you're teaching us, you're, you're helping us to grow. Help us this morning, Lord God, to, help, to know more about uh, seeing your presence, Lord God, becoming more aware of your presence uh, in our lives. And we just pray this right now because we need your presence in our lives every day and in every way. So, Lord, let that happen through our teaching this morning. Lord, give us open, receptive hearts and ears to hear what you have to say. We pray in the name of Jesus. And all of God's people said amen. 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 You may be seated. God bless you. Hallelujah. I like to go on a drive every now and then. I'll go on a drive alone, you know. Sometimes I'll drive in my car. Sometimes I'll drive on my motorcycle, maybe right up to Rio Vista and back. Uh, And then I'll ride my bicycle around the neighborhood, do something like that. So that's a drive. You know, sometimes you just do that for a little bit of solitude, look around a little bit. But if I'm going on a journey, I don't want to be alone. I want to be with someone. And that favorite someone has always been Barbara. We've gone on a lot of journeys together. What I'm trying to say is this. Life is more than a drive. It's a journey, right? And the journey of life isn't meant to be taken alone. It's meant to be taken with someone. Say it with me this morning, with someone. And that someone is the Lord. The Lord wants to be a part of the journey of life that we're on. He's the one that created you, but he didn't just dispatch you into life just to do it alone. He wants to be present in your life. God wants to be with you. So on the journey of life, we must have the presence of the Lord with us. If you agree with that, say aloud, amen. Amen? Amen. So uh, back in the Old Testament, one of the first signs that we see of God kind of coming into the scene with his people is he would come to the Israelites. God is a spirit, and those that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. But he'd come in the form of a cloud, a cloud by day and a fire by night. And so, uh, way back in the book of Exodus, by the way, God was in the garden in Genesis. He was there. His presence was in the garden. And that presence was broken off by our own sin. Uh, uh, Because of Adam's sin, the presence of God was taken away. But nevertheless, God created us for fellowship, and he wants to have fellowship with us. He wants to be present in your life and in mine. So when the Israelites were getting ready to be taken out of the land of Egypt. They went to Egypt for about 400 years. They were in servitude and slavery for about 400 years. And now Moses is getting ready to take them. He's taken them out of Egypt. Remember the crossing of the Red Sea and all of that? He's taken them out of Egypt, and God has led them cloud by day, fire by night. They crossed the Red Sea and all of that. About a year into this now, after they've crossed the Red Sea, are you following me so far? Moses has led the children of Israel out of Egyptian bondage. How many of that God will lead us out of bondage? Amen. And he led them out. And then now they're getting ready to build a tabernacle so that they could have God's presence with them, a tabernacle in the wilderness. And, And they're getting ready to build this. And then Moses is going up at the same time to go up to Mount Sinai to get the Ten Commandments. So he goes up to get the Ten Commandments. God writes out the Ten Commandments on those tablets of stone as if the finger of God wrote them. It was the finger of God wrote out the Ten Commandments. He comes down, and in the 40 days that he was gone up to Mount Sinai, they're already building another calf and another idol to worship. And, and God's saying this, the Ten Commandments, that's going to be the covenant. 
We'll put that in the ark, the ark of the covenant, and the ark holds the covenant. In other words, and then his glory would be there, right there at the tabernacle that they're building. They're building a tabernacle for the presence of the Lord. And really, I think it hurt the heart of God. In fact, I know it hurt the heart of God because he was having his people build a tabernacle according to his pattern, all right? Build a tabernacle according to his pattern, and then he was going to inhabit that tabernacle. And while he was away just for 40 days, they build a golden calf and start worshiping the golden calf. In other words, they turn to idols. And I'll tell you what, if you have an absence of God, even for 40 days, I've seen the same thing happen. People turn away from God, and they turn to idols. And God doesn't want us to be turning to idols because idols are dead, and idols have no power. Can I get a witness? Amen? So he's saying, I want you to serve me, but it broke his heart. And I got to say this, at this point now, see, this is about a year after the crossing of the Red Sea. It's about a year. They, they got the plans. The tabernacle is being built. Uh, uh, Moses went up to Mount Sinai, gets the first copies of the Ten Commandments. They're worshiping the calf. God then uh, uh, calls the people together and, 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 and they, they build this tabernacle out there in the, in the wilderness. And then God sends up uh, Moses again up the mountain for a second set of tablets, all right? But now, so Moses goes up, he gets a second set of tablets to bring down to lead the people forward. But uh, uh, how many are glad that God gives us more than one chance? Even when we broke the Ten Commandments, literally broke them by, uh, Moses came down the mountain when he saw the golden calf, he threw the Ten Commandments on the ground, they broke up, and, and he was mad, God was upset, it just wasn't very good. And, and so when they went, uh, when the tabernacle was, was, was ready to open up, um, and, and the Lord had instructed Moses to keep on leading the people forward, he was happy with Moses. Moses had found favor in his sight and grace in his eyes, but at that point, he was not happy with the children of Israel because he said, you are a stiff-necked generation. You always rebel in your hearts. You turn back on God. I mean, Moses I could take forward, but the children of Israel, right now I'm not too happy. They just turned to idols, which was an abomination to God. So he wasn't real happy about that. And in fact, he at one time even said, man, I could have just consumed them and, and, and just start over. You know, there's a few times that God felt that way. And by the way, those of us that are believers right now, we all have our days where if God did consume us, we'd almost say, God, you had every right. Have you ever had a day like that or a week or a season in your life like that? Come on, don't lie at me. Just say, yes, I have. I mean, I've actually, I've actually said to the Lord in prayer, God, you know, the, uh, you know, uh, I, I just thank you for your mercy because if, if you wanted to consume me, you'd have every reason to do it. But your faithfulness is great and your mercies are new every morning and, and we give the Lord praise. So they were in kind of in this situation, but Moses pled with God and then Moses said this. He said, Moses said to the Lord, see, you say to me, bring the people up. In other words, bring the people into the promised land, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Who's gonna go with me? Yet you have also said, I know you by name, and, I, and you've also found grace in my sight. Moses is saying, I know that you say you know me by name, and I found grace in your sight, but right now you're not happy with the people, and who is going to go with me? And I'll tell you what, they got around that tabernacle. If you read the whole story, they begin to pray, and I believe that God's heart 
began to change, and Moses pled out to God too. And he says, Now therefore I pray, if I've found grace in your sight, show me now your way that I may know you and that I may find grace in your sight and consider that this nation is your people. He said, You know, I know I've found grace in your sight. I know that I've found favor, but please consider Israel because they are your people. God, don't destroy them. Let them live. So the Lord replied to Moses, and he said this, because Moses had just asked, who's going to go with me? Whom are you going to send with me? And the Lord said this, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Hallelujah. My presence will go with you. How many are glad for the presence of the Lord in our lives? Hallelujah. Even when we botch it, even when we bungle it, even though when we trip it up, God says this, I'm going to be with you. If we'll turn back to the Lord, if we'll uh, repent, God says this, I'll abundantly pardon you and in my presence will be back in your life. So then Moses said to the Lord when he heard this, he says, if your presence does not go with us, don't even bring him up from here. And he said this, in other words, Moses was saying, if your presence doesn't go with us, I don't even want to take the first step on this journey if your presence isn't with us. Hallelujah. Now, I want to just, uh, you might have noticed that I capitalized the word with in some of these slides. Um, Why? Because God is a with us God. Say with me right now. God is a with us God. A God who doesn't want us to be alone, but a God who promises to be with us wherever we go. And in fact, the word of God says this, have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Joshua said that and was so true. Moses said God's going to be with us. Joshua said God's going to be with us. But I want to just tell you this. Don't be afraid. Say it with me this morning. Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. Because the Lord your God is going to be with you wherever you go. Hallelujah. So we serve a God who is a with us God. Now I want to take a little aside here because we're going to focus in on the presence of the Lord this morning. But I want to just point one thing out right now, and that's this. The Lord desires to be with you. In other words, the Lord desires to be with us, but he also desires for us to be with others. So this Christian walk is about being with God and being with others. How many of you say this morning, we need God? Amen? And how many of you say, we need others as well? Some people say, you know, I need God, but I don't need others. In fact, others kind of get on my nerves. But no, the Lord desires to be with us, and he also desires for us to be with others, in fellowship with others. And I want you to look at this. First of all, you've got the Lord himself coming towards us. He he created us for what? For fellowship. That's why we were created, fellowship. That's why you and I were created. And then he sent Jesus so that fellowship could be restored. But then he also wants us to be with others. In fact, if you go back through uh, the history of uh, Christianity, uh, go back to Moses, for instance. Moses had a close relationship with Joshua, and Joshua would become his successor, all right? But that came out of relationship, all right? So say with me this morning, Moses and Joshua. Elijah had a close relationship with who? Elisha, who would be his successor. Now, everyone say with me this morning, Elijah, Elisha. And by the way, if you don't have them figured out, Elijah and Elisha, I think I figured it out finally when I was about 30 years old. I got those two mixed, you know, they were so close in their names, Elijah and Elisha. 
parallel ministries, but they were working together. They were in relationship, and God blessed that. David had a close relationship with Jonathan. The apostle Paul, man, he really showed us. The apostle Paul had a close relationship with Barnabas. Remember Paul and Barnabas? And then he had a close relationship with Silas. Remember Paul and Silas? And then he had a close relationship with Timothy, Paul and Timothy. So he was really into relationship. I'm not going to just go it alone. He might have been a super evangelist or a super apostle even, but I'm just saying he says he was going to go through life in fellowship with God and fellowship with others as well. My, uh, Martha had a close relationship with her sister Mary. Uh, remember that uh, the Virgin Mary had a close fellowship with uh, Elizabeth, her cousin. Um, Jesus also had a close relationship with his disciples. And his disciples, he had 12 disciples, but a especially close relationship with Peter, James, and John. So, and then I want you to think about this. So what are we talking about right now? The Lord desires to be with us, but he also desires for us to be with people as well. So remember this, when Jesus sent out his disciples, you know, ready, he's getting ready, the Great Commission, he sends out his disciples, and he sends them out in pairs, not one by one, but two by two. He sends them out in pairs to carry on his work. How many remember that, right? So the, 75, the 70 disciples become 35 pairs of disciples that go out and share the work. And the reason why they traveled in pairs was because they could have protection while they were on the road and so that the events that they saw and the miracles that they witnessed could be verified by one, one apostle or the other. In other words, they've got a backup. They said, no, this you could say, here's what God did on this journey. Here's the miracles we saw. And the other person would verify what they saw. So God means for us to be in community, all right? So let me just say it. The Lord desires to be with us, and he also desires for us to be with others. Hallelujah. Praise God. Say with me this morning, with God, with others. So we need to be in the presence of God, and we also need to be in the presence of others as well. All right, now, now let's focus in this morning, everyone, on the presence of the Lord. Say it with me this morning, the presence of the Lord. And the presence of the Lord can be seen through the Bible from Genesis to the, uh, it, uh, you know, from Genesis, the first book in the Old Testament, to Revelation, the final book in the New Testament, all through the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, 66 books of the Bible, we can see the presence of the Lord throughout the Word of God. Now, in the Old Testament, the uh, presence of the Lord was manifest in a real way uh, in the tabernacle in the wilderness, and this was Moses' tabernacle in the wilderness, and also Solomon's temple in Jerusalem. So let's just take a quick look at those. First of all, you had Moses' tabernacle in the wilderness. This tabernacle was set up you can see it in the wilderness right there, this tabernacle. And tabernacle, by the, uh, by the way, means dwelling place. Say it with me this morning, dwelling place, a place for God to dwell. And this tabernacle was set up about a year after they crossed the Red Sea. They built this temple, they got the Ten Commandments and all of that. And then they used this tabernacle, which was a portable tabernacle, so that whenever the cloud moved, uh, they could move the tent with it. So they would move all across through the wilderness for all of these years. In fact, they used this tabernacle for about 400 years until Solomon's temple was built, all right? So about 400 years they used this tabernacle. They're being led by the uh, Spirit of God, a cloud by day and a fire by night. Hallelujah. Can you imagine just camping? You've got the 12 tribes of Israel right there all encamped around and right in the center 
of all of the tribes is the presence of the Lord. And if it was in the center of all 12 tribes, how many know that the presence of the Lord needs to be in the center of our tribes, our families, and our fellowships? Can I get a witness? Amen. So that was Solomon's temple. So say, uh, uh, well, that was the Moses tabernacle in the wilderness. Okay, so I just showed you Moses tabernacle. And the Bible says this, then the cloud covered the tabernacle of meeting and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. The glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Hallelujah. Say it with me this morning. Hallelujah. Now, now, so God's presence filled that tabernacle. Then, once the tabernacle was, uh, uh, you know, they stopped using that after 400 years. They're building a brand new temple, a permanent place. So this was a portable place. The tabernacle was a portable dwelling, but the Solomon's temple in Jerusalem would be a permanent dwelling. So you had Solomon's temple, and that was built, beautiful temple, and you can see models of it when you're in Israel. Just look it up or Google it, just the temple in Jerusalem. It was a permanent dwelling place of God. And the priests brought the Ark of the Covenant from the tabernacle to the inner sanctuary of the temple, the most holy place. And when they did that, it says this, it came to pass, when the priests came out of the holy place, they brought, uh, they, uh, that the cloud filled the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. So that the priests could not even continue ministering because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. And Solomon spoke and he said, the Lord said he would dwell in the dark cloud. He's dwelling in the, God is spirit, by the way. So he's dwelling in this cloud. And, and, he, and he says this, remember this, it was a cloud by day and a fire by night. And then Solomon said this, and by the way, this was called Solomon's temple. It could have been called David's temple because David wanted to build it, but he said, I couldn't see my way through to build it, so I'm gonna, you're going to build it. I want it. It was in my heart to build the temple. Remember that story? But then he said, Solomon, my son, you're going to build this temple, and it became known as Solomon's temple. But he said this. Solomon said this when this dedication took place. He says, I've surely built you an exalted house and a place for you to what? To dwell forever. A place for you to dwell forever. Hallelujah. And the glory of God filled that temple. Hallelujah. And you had the Ark of the Covenant. You know, say with me this morning, the Ark of the Covenant. Uh, and what was inside the Ark of the Covenant? Uh, early on, it was just the Ten Commandments. That's the only thing you had in there was the Ten Commandments early on. But by the time they got to... And by the way, think of an ark. An ark is like it carries something, like a ship carries something. So the ark is what carries the, uh, the covenant, all right, which was the tablets, and that's what's inside the ark, the ark that contains the covenant uh, or the tablets or the word of testimony, the Ten Commandments. But when they got to uh, the temple, the ark of the covenant not only contained the Ten Commandments, but it contained uh, Aaron's rod, and it also contained the manna from the wilderness so that they'd never forget the, about the priestly uh, the, uh, presence of the priest and also that God f provided for them with manna from heaven. Can I get a witness? Amen? Just a little bit side stuff there, all right? Now, that's the Old Testament, all right? So in the Old Testament, we had the tabernacle in the wilderness and the temple in Jerusalem. Say it with me this morning. The tabernacle uh, in the wilderness, the temple in Jerusalem. All right, the temple mount is still there today. All right, everybody. These structures were only structures unless they were filled with the presence of the Lord. 
They were just buildings that were empty unless the Shekinah glory, the temple, in other words, the presence of the Lord was in that tabernacle and also in that temple, and that's the Old Testament, all right? Now, fast forward, everyone, from the Old Testament to the New Testament. In the New Testament, the greatest example of the presence of the Lord is found in the person of Jesus. The person of Jesus. And let me just prove it to you in Scripture right now. Behold, the virgin shall, gi- the, the virgin shall give birth to a child, and he'll, she'll bear a son, and they'll call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Hallelujah. They're going to call his name Jesus, but he was called Emmanuel, God with us. I want you to say it with me this morning, Emmanuel, God with us. So when you've received Christ into your heart, you've got God with you. Can I get a witness, amen? Jesus lives on the inside, Emmanuel, God is with us. So so in the New Testament, uh, the greatest example of the presence of the Lord is found in the person of Jesus. Now, in the New Testament... You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. It's not a temple made with hands. It's a temple made by God. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Not a building, but you as a person. In fact, the Apostle Paul says this, Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you you have from God, and you are not your own? And the Bible says, you were bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Hallelujah. But God's spirit now dwells in you, not in a building, but in you. We are in a building right now. We could call this a church. We could call this a house of God. But truly, you you are the church, and you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. That's you. Can I get a witness? Amen. Hallelujah. How many know that there's no glory of God in these chairs right here? There, no, but there is glory of God in you that are sitting in these chairs. Hallelujah. Can you catch that? Amen. So his Holy Spirit dwells inside each one of you. That's why he says glorify God in your body which belongs to the Lord. Hallelujah. So if you're so far up to this point, thankful for the presence of the Lord, give the Lord a great hand clap of praise. Would you do that? Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, man, this is really good. It is really good what we're sharing here this morning. Now, I'm going to take you through this very quickly because I was just thinking about what are some ways that um, we can become more aware of the presence of the Lord? And they're right out there just for the taking. I didn't have to, I, I just sat down, just thought about my own reading through Scripture, started writing some things down, and, and, and I'll share those things with you this morning about how can I become more aware of the presence of the Lord? Number one is by receiving Jesus. By receiving Jesus. In fact, in Revelation 3.20, the Bible says this, Behold, Jesus is speaking. He says, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him, have fellowship with him, and he with me. I'll dine with him, and he with me. How many of you like to go out for dinner with Jesus? Amen. And he says this, If you'll open the door... You can, we'll have fellowship together, just like be going. And all of the translations, by the way, it says he'll dine with us. And I'll tell you what, one day in heaven, we're going to have the marriage supper in the, with the lamb. But it's not going to be the first dinner we have with Jesus. I think there's going to be all kinds of opportunities to dine with him. So, because if you read all of the uh, um, versions, they say right here, I'll dine with you. And the, the idea has to do with I'll fellowship with you and you with me. Now, The context of this verse in Revelation, the context is in Revelation chapter 
3, verse 20, but that's where uh, the Revelation is talking about the seven churches of Asia. How many remember the, the story of the seven churches of Asia, the church of Laodicea? You know, all these churches that were given instructions, the, the candle has gone out and so forth, you need to return to your first love. That's the context. So you have Jesus knocking at the door of the church, and he's also knocking at the door of your heart. I want you to just see it that way, all right? So in this context, he's knocking at the door of the church, and he say. Here I, behold, I stand, I knock at the door, and he says, if you'll open the door, I'll come inside and I'll have fellowship with you and you with me. And I want to just say this morning, there are many churches today that have left Jesus on the outside, but he still stands at the door and knocks. And you can have large churches, churches of all sizes, who have great programs, great promotion, great whatever, but they don't have Jesus in the church. He's just still standing on the outside, knocking, waiting to come in. They don't have the presence of the Lord because they have their programs and their promotions and all of this that are taking place of the presence of the Lord. And so what do we have? We have Jesus on the outside, knocking on the door, and he says, you're the one that's going to have to open the door and let me come on in. And so I'm going to say, Jesus wants to come in two ways. First of all, Jesus wants to come into your own heart. Behold, I stand at the door of your heart. If you'll open it, I'll come into you and have fellowship with you and you with me, you as a person. But then also, he wants to come into the church who's pushed him out the side. In other words, maybe not even on purpose, but he's, out, he's not there anymore. His presence is long past. And he said, I want to come. I want to be present with you. So... The greatest way to become aware of the presence of the Lord is, first of all, by receiving Christ into your life. Be present in my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. And if you believe that, say a loud, loud amen. Amen? amen. I, I was, uh, I, somebody wrote a book not long ago. It says, um, uh, the, book, the title of it is, This is Jesus. I want my church back. And I'm saying this, when Jesus is standing on the outside, he's knocking on the door. Who's there? It's Jesus. I want my church back. And what he's saying is this, I don't want to be standing on the outside of a church building, nor do I want to be standing on the outside of your life. I want back in, into your heart. Can I get a witness, amen, amen? Sometimes he's alongside of us when he says, no, I want to be inside of you. I want to be right there. I want to be living in you in the name of Jesus. All right, and then you'll know his presence. Secondly, uh, you can become more aware of the presence of the Lord by being filled with the Holy Spirit by being filled with the Holy Spirit. In fact, Jesus said this, I'm going to pray the Father, and he's going to give you another helper, the Holy Spirit, that he may abide with you, what? He's going to abide with you forever. So that's the Holy Spirit. Say with me this morning, he, he's our helper. He says, I'm going to send you another helper. How many of you say, I need help? I need all the help I can get. <sighs> Some of you are so weak, you can't even raise your hand. You say, I need help. Raise your hand and say, I need help. Can I get a witness? Amen. Yes. Turn to your neighbor and say, you really do need help. The help of the Holy Spirit. You like that over here, didn't you? The advocate, the paraclete, the one who comes alongside of us. He lives alongside of us, but he also lives in us. That's the whole thing. He says, I will pray the Father. He's going to give you another helper, the Holy Spirit, that he may what? Abide with you forever. He's going to be with you forever. That's the presence of God. 
The greatest, you know why the Holy Spirit's so important? Because the Holy Spirit is the presence of God. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God. He's the presence of God. And if you want to be filled with the presence of God, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And he says, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him. Have you noticed how the world doesn't get what you got? Have you ever noticed how the world doesn't get it? The get it factor of, you know, being one, your spiritual eyes have been opened, but the world, their spiritual eyes haven't been opened, so they don't get what you've got. They can only get what you've got when their eyes are open. But he says, but you know him. Say it with me, I know him. For he dwells with you, and he'll be in you. He dwells with you, and he'll be in you. Then he says this, I will not leave you orphans. Jesus says, I will come to you. I will not leave you orphans. In other words, I will not leave you alone. I will come, and I'll be with you. This kind of reminds me of uh, several years ago now. I went to China to, um, uh, with a family from our church in Michigan, and we picked up their second daughter from China uh, a, little, a little girl who'd been left on the steps of the uh, police department there uh, because she was born a girl and they, the family just didn't want a girl, they wanted a boy. So they left her at the top of the steps of the police department. They put them, her together with all these other little orphan girls in this big room. Nobody chose her for about a year and maybe a year and four months. And she was in this little uh, walker, you know, bundled up from the cold and just in a walker, very little social interaction. And we went to get her, and we got her, and we picked her up. And I'll tell you what, she was no longer an orphan. She was no longer alone because we took her in our loving arms. And, that, and she was adopted by that family. And today now she's graduated from high school and college and on her way through life as a believer. Amen? And her, and her sister that was adopted is... Uh, in, in the next uh, three years or so will be a, um, a, a medical doctor. And so it all came from being left alone as an orphan. Jesus said this, I will not leave you as orphans. I'm going to come to you and I'm going to be with you. Wow, that's being filled with the Holy Spirit. So, amen. I got a little amen from a baby back there. Hallelujah. Now, the next way to become more aware of the, of the Holy Spirit in your lives is through the word of God. How many are thankful for the word of God? In the beginning, the Bible says this, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and the word became flesh, that's Jesus, and made his what? His dwelling, what? Among us. Say it with me, he made his dwelling among us. In other words, he's in our proximity. His presence is in our proximity. He made his dwelling among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son uh, who came from the father full of grace and truth, the word of God. And I'm telling you what, everyone, this word that I hold in my hand today is more than a book. It's a living book. Hallelujah. It's living and powerful. There's a lot of books that have been written that are wonderful books, wonderful reads, wonderful literature, but nothing like the Word of God, the book of life. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words will never pass away. The Word of God, the Bible says, is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of our heart. In fact, the Word of God, it says, gets down to where it even gets down into your bones, in between the joints and marrow, and it discerns you. Hallelujah. Have you ever been reading the Word and the Word was reading you? 
and it was discerning you, and it knew the thoughts and the intents of your heart, but you came away from the Word of God knowing that you've been in the presence of the Lord. Whenever I read the Word of God, I feel the presence of the Lord in my life. And the same is true for you. Whenever you read the Word of God, you should expect to feel the presence of the Lord in your life. Hallelujah. We don't need the presence of CNN in our life. We don't need the presence of Fox in our life. We need the presence of the Lord in our life. And, 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 and what you ingest, in other words, becomes a part of you. But if you'll partake of the Word of God, it becomes a part of you, and you'll feel the presence of the Lord, the living logos, the living Word in your life. Hallelujah. Now, the fourth way that you can know the presence of the Lord, or becoming more aware, is by having clean hands and a pure heart. In fact, the psalmist said this, Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord? Who can get up to God? Who may stand in His holy place? In other words, who can stand in His presence? And the answer is given... He who has a clean heart, or clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to idols or sworn, or sworn deceitfully, not a, not a teller of lies. Who, who, who in, the, in other words, who can be in the presence of the Lord? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. Say with me this morning, clean hands and a pure heart. Hallelujah. God wants us to be people that are set apart, holy unto him, washed in the blood, cleansed by his blood, to have clean hands and a pure heart before we enter into the place where God... In other words, sometimes we don't experience the presence of the Lord is because we're not living in the presence of the Lord. We're living in the world. And so we're living in the world instead of living in the presence of, uh, presence of the Lord. We should be living in the Spirit, but we're living in the flesh instead. And sometimes we spend a lot of time, we'll, we'll spend an hour, hour and a half in church on Sunday morning, praise God from whom all blessings fall, and then we do all this stuff, and we pray, and, we, and then we go out and we live the onus of the week, or we live the most of the week in the world, not for God, not in the presence of the Lord, but in the presence of this world, and then we try to come back and try to get it all started over again. God doesn't want us to leave the presence behind in the house. He says, I want you to take that presence with you because you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And I want to say, too, the choices that you make in this media-driven world that we live in, I'm talking about where there's media options everywhere you turn, smartphones, um, television, and uh, all these other things that you can watch. I'm talking about you've got to watch when I was growing up, of course, there was only three channels, ABC, CBS, and NBC. That was it. And then cable TV came along, and we had 10 channels. Now we have 1,000 channels and nothing to watch, but we watch anyway. But if all you do is just ride the social media train, and you're watching some of the garbage on TV, and then you get to church, I just don't feel the presence of the Lord. Yeah, you haven't been spending any time in the presence of the Lord. And then the movies that you have a chance to go to, everybody, you're a believer right now and you represent the kingdom of God. So watch what you put inside of you. Watch the places you go and the things that you see. And if you're in a movie that you thought you wanted to see, but all of a sudden you go like, man, this is just not going right with my spirit. Man, have the chutzpah. Have the courage to stand up and walk out. Just walk out. And you might say, well, Pastor Perry, I just paid $10 to get into that movie. Your soul is worth more than $10. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
So have the guts and the gumption and the hootspah to walk out. I've done that many times. I've been in a movie like, I'll go like, you know, I went, I went to one movie, I thought it was many years ago, it was like the wild, wild west, something like that. But man, that west was too wild for me. And I, and, and, and I, I was sitting there and go like, well, man, I'm feeling uncomfortable right now. And so I just got up and walked out. I says, I can't do this to my spirit right now because God says this, I want you to have clean hands and a pure heart. When you're listening, you're quieter, but you're listening anyway because you know what I'm saying is true. I'm making you squirm a little bit this morning, but you know what I'm saying is right. And when you're on the computer, if you really thought about the presence of the Lord, you'd know that the Lord is sitting right beside you. The Holy Spirit is beside you, but not only is he beside you, he's inside of you as well. So he's saying this, man, don't go to that place. Don't do that. Get out of there. I'll make a way of escape. In other words, if you watch what you're watching on your computer screen and realize that there's a holy God inside of you, God, the Holy Spirit, it's going to keep you away from all this, some of this trash you're looking at. That'll take you, your soul, right down to hell. You don't want to go there. Can I get a witness? Amen. Okay. Pastor, please move on to the next line. You know, you're stepping on my feet. You're stepping on my feet. But you know what? We need our feet stepped on every now and then. And uh, I had a, I had a, I had a, 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 at the end of the first service today, uh, I had someone who's a, a, a dog trainer come up to me and he, and he said to me, Pastor Perry Manage, you, 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 the stuff you shared today about how we need to live, just keep on sharing that because we need to hear that. You know, I know you're not trying to be hard on it. We just need to hear that. Just, just keep telling us that. He says, you do step on his, our feet, but we need our feet stepped on every now and then. He said, if you have a dog that's uh, kind of tilted on its hip, and, and he was telling me this about, you know, a dog, like a medium-sized dog that's tilted on his hip, he says he can eventually throw out his hip if he doesn't learn how to sit. And he says the way that you correct that is you step on his foot just a little bit, and then all of a sudden he'll just straighten up. And, 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 and then he says, and then he, he says, you don't hurt the dog at all. You just, just put a little pressure on his foot, and all of a sudden he'll just straighten up. And that's kind of what happens spiritually speaking. Every now and then we need to get our feet stepped on every now and then, so we'll just kind of straighten up. And he says, because if you don't take care of that, eventually he'll dislocate his hip, so you want him to be sit with good posture, he's sitting up. Now, I don't know what he's saying. I'm not the professional on the dog, but it kind of resonated because, you know, the dog might dislocate his hip, but the devil wants to dislocate your life, and if you get your feet stepped on every now and then, it'll help you to straighten up so he doesn't dislocate your life. Can I get a witness, amen? Having clean hands and a pure heart. Praise God. Man, I was just thinking the other day, we sure learned this in the last two years, putting on the hand sanitizer, washing our hands, scrubbing them really good. You know, we do it less now. But we, we, got, we got really good at washing our hands, having things clean around us. And I just want to say that there's a spiritual application right there. If we're that concerned about this body that's perishing, it'd be just as good if we were c concerned about this soul that is imperishable, that it'd be clean and right before the Lord. And if you believe that, say aloud, amen. 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 
And then what happens out of that? Then the presence of the Lord becomes more real to you. Praise God, because I'm in a right place. My heart is in a right place with God. Lord God, let the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. David said this, cleanse me with hyssop. He says, then I'll have joy in my life and sinners will be converted. But as long as I remain in my sin, I kind of stall myself out from the presence of God and also the, 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 what God has for me, for God using me in the name of Jesus. So have clean hands and pure eyes. I've spent a lot more time in this service on this point, which means you must have been in bad condition. You needed this right now. <laughs> I'm messing with you only sort of, but praise God. Man, I hope I can preach you right out of hell, right into heaven. Can I get a witness? Amen. That's where I want to get you. All right. Fifth way to be more aware of the uh, presence of the Lord is by drawing near to God. Drawing near to God. The Bible says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Then it says, cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. In other words, don't be duplicitous in your relationship with God. Don't be compromised and don't go back and forth. But there it is again, right in the next, there's this verse right here in James. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you're a sinner, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. We just need this. It's said twice to us now. Cleanse your hands, but draw near to God, and he'll draw near to you. And, and, and if you don't feel the presence of the Lord, let me just say, here's how it works. It's just this simple. If you draw near to him, he will draw near to you. And it says, cleanse your hands. Just say, God, man, I tripped up, Lord. God, I don't think you even want me in your presence. But I'll tell you what, just cleanse your hands. Say, God, wash me clean. If you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive your sin, to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Just stand on that verse. Say, God, I just asked for your cleansing. Now, God, can I come into your presence? And I'm telling you what, if you'll draw near with a humble heart, if you humble your heart before the Lord, God will just rush towards you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. In the name of Jesus. That's the presence of the Lord. The sixth one this morning is this, is by seeking the Lord, seeking the Lord. And the Bible says this, seek the Lord and his strength, I love this in the Amplified Version, and seek his face and to be in his presence continually. Hallelujah. Seek the Lord in his strength, yearn for and seek his face and, and seek to be in his presence continually. That's, seeking is just asking, God, I just want to be in your presence continually. Praise God. You know, being in the presence of the Lord is a very practical thing. And God doesn't want you to just be in, the, in his presence just kind of like partially or sometimes, but he wants to be, you to be in real-time presence, his presence in real time. And let me just put it this way. How many of you know that your phones, you know, your smartphones, you want them to be connected always, right? And, and, and then your Wi-Fi at home, you don't want that to just be part-time. It's on today, it's not on. You want that to be there all the time. In the same way, God says, I don't want you to just be in my presence sometimes. I want you to be in my presence all the time. And I'll just call it real-time presence of the Lord because the presence of the Lord is a real practical thing. Do you know that God's presence even goes with you to Walmart? Goes with you to Target? Goes with you to the gas station? When you're filling up and you go like, Oh, man, I need to mortgage the house to fill up the car this week. And, and you might be getting angry about something, but his presence will be with you. And his presence will help you to see other people who are hurting and need help. His presence. Who am I going to run into today? What kind of God-ordained, uh, you know, God moments am I going to have today? You know that when you're in the presence of the Lord. So you can be in the presence of the Lord in the most uh, uh, unlikely places. Be in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. 
So seek the Lord and seek his presence. And, and by the way, the, the, the presence of the Lord, the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life, it, again, it's very practical. It'll help you. The other, the other week, I was, or yeah, the other week, just, the, just like two days ago, I'll share this and just be transparent with you, okay? I mean, let me say this. The Holy Spirit and God's presence will even help you to be a better husband. Yes. All right, come on, wives, we love you. And it'll help you to be a better wife. But, but, but it'll, 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 you know, but I'll speak about husbands because that's what I understand. But I was, I was just talking to Barb the other day. We just got our, you know, our paycheck and I pay our tithe and everything and I do everything in a budget. And, and then I go like, but gas right now doesn't cost, you know, to fill up our little Subaru. It doesn't cost $35 anymore. It costs $70 to fill it up, you know, it's like double. And so I go, I, 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 I was, I had filled it up down at Costco. I do the filling up of the cars. And, and, um, and so we, uh, I filled her car up, brought it home, you know. And then Barb likes to go out every now and then. She'll go out and have a cup of coffee or whatever. And then, and then the, the gas goes dry, and then I fill it up again. So I was just getting ready to say to Barb, this is like two days ago, hey, Barb, okay, I've got the car filled up right now, but, um, uh, but if you have to fill it up later from all your driving, you'll have to just do it on your own money, and then I'll fill it up two weeks from now, uh, you know, when I get my next paycheck. And then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit just stopped me right there and said, are you kidding me? That's the lady that does your laundry. That's the lady that cooks all your meals. That's the lady who actually lives with you, and that's a big order. You know what I'm saying? And you're going to just kind of jip her out like that? You know, I mean, with a, you wouldn't fill up her tank with gas? I mean, the Holy Spirit reproved me right there. He said, you treat her better than that. She's like you know, gold to you. If, you. if I had to pay her for all the things she does around the house, I couldn't afford it. And so then now I'm negotiating like, hey, can you fill up your own tank with gas? Well, hold it now. That's because Barb didn't even know that till this morning, that little talk I had with God. Why? Because I kept my mouth shut. And, 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 and I didn't even say anything to her because the Holy Spirit said, don't even go there. You want to have a good day today? Have a good day? You d- don't go there. And the Holy Spirit, in a very practical way, will help you to have a better day, but that's his presence in real time. Sometimes we go like, oh, God, I want your presence in my life because I really need it on Sunday morning so we feel like we have a better service and we can feel the presence of the Lord in this place. No, God says this, I want that presence to go out the door with you always in every situation. It, not, it might not always be fireworks shooting off, but it'll be the Holy Spirit at work in your life, the manifest presence of God, the glory of God in your car, in your work, in your office, in your life, in your household. And the Holy Spirit will also many times show you what to do and tell you what to do, and he'll also tell you, keep your mouth shut or you're going to get into trouble. And then I, I realized in that moment, praise God, I mean, that was in the morning. I go like, he goes, you want a better day the rest of the day? No, don't even go there. So I didn't, and I had a great day, praise God. And I'll tell you what, Barbara, when you're empty, I'm going to take the car to Costco and fill you up again. It's all good, praise God. <clears throat> all right, now, okay, got that out of the way. Oh, we were talking about seeking the Lord in his presence and his strength uh, and, and, and yearn for his presence in your life. What? What? Oh, I, I got it right here. Just uh, seek his face and to be in his presence. Bring it back up on the screen continually. See, that's the real-time thing there. The, bring that up if you would. Uh, point six in the verse, uh, the verse there. 
continue. I got to have you see it. it. Be in his presence, what? Say it with me, continually. See, that's real-time presence of the Lord. Just like we want real-time Wi-Fi, real-time phone service, real-time, we, 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 we want to be in his presence continually. Okay, here's the seventh one, is by listening to Jesus' voice. Jesus has a voice. He speaks to us by his spirit. He still speaks today. He says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. In the same way that you know your children's voice, your child knows your voice, Jesus says, my children know my voice, and I speak to them, and they listen to me. Hallelujah. And that's the presence of the Lord. I'm, I'm going to tell you, that's when you got Jesus speaking to you, you know it's the presence. And sometimes it's not an, aud- you know, it's not an audible voice. It's a prompting in your heart, but the Holy Spirit moves. The Holy Spirit speaks. The Holy Spirit leads. Walk in the Spirit and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Do all of these. Keep in step with the Spirit, but listening to Jesus' voice. And, and, and you can get so much better. That's, in other words, you can become aware of his presence by just listening to his voice. Hallelujah. Number eight is this, and we'll end with this, is by praising the Lord. And the Bible says this, but you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. And I want you to see this here this morning. Here's a holy God, but where is he enthroned? He's enthroned on the praises of Israel. So when you begin to praise God, God moves the throne into place. He's he's enthroned on your praises. Can I get a witness? Amen. In other words, when you praise the Lord, the Bible says he is enthroned on your praises. I'll read it in the King James Version. But thou art holy, O thou, thou that inhabits, uh, inhabits the praises of Israel. Talking about God. But thou art holy, O, o thou that inhabits the praise of Israel. Inhabits, that word inhabits means lives, occupies, and dwells. When we praise the Lord, God lives, he occupies, and he dwells on the praises of his people. Woo! Can I get a witness? Amen? So... By praising the Lord. Everyone, we're not on a little drive. We're on a journey. And on the journey, we need the presence of the Lord in our life continually. And this morning, we shared several ways you can become more aware of his presence. And you'll find more on your own. But I just want to just encourage you this morning to stay in the presence of the Lord. And if you're not in the presence, you can get there really quickly, all right? Now, last thing I want to just say. If you're here this morning, you say, Pastor Perry, um, how, what's the first step in getting to the presence of the Lord? The first step is just receiving Christ. He's on, he's on that, outside the door there. He says, I'm knocking at the door. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will what? Come into him and have fellowship with him and he with me. That's the presence of the Lord. God doesn't want to be on the outside of the door in your life. He wants to be on inside of the room of your, your heart, if I put it with that way. And, and you, you're the one that opens the door and says, Lord, I receive you right now. Come into my life. Save me, Lord God. Let me be born again. Come into my life and change everything. And if, if that's you this morning, I want to just pray with you all across the auditorium and also online this morning as well. Uh, just pray with me in these next few moments. I'd like everyone to stand right now. If you would just stand with me and just pray this prayer. If you're saying, Jesus, I want your presence in my life. And the first step I'm going to take is just to invite you into my life to be my Savior and my Lord. Hallelujah. Just pray this prayer. And church family, if you'll join with me. But everyone that says, I need Christ in my life, or you say, I need to come back to God, just pray this with me right now. Pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you love me. And Lord, I want your presence in my life. I don't want you standing on the outside. I want you in my life, in my heart. Forgive me of all of my sin. Give me a new life today. With my mouth, I now confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. 
So Lord Jesus, I believe on you now. I receive you. And I pray in your holy name, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now give the Lord a great hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us once again for this week's sermon podcast. We pray God's blessing on you as you face your day and week ahead. For more videos, messages, and other content, make sure you follow, like, and subscribe to all of our social media accounts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at GoHarvestEG. And be sure to check out our website at GoHarvest.org for the latest information on events and services. Until next time, stay encouraged and don't miss the opportunity to be a blessing to the world around you. God bless. Thank you.